No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where David divides the service of the musicians, gatekeepers, and other officials of the kingdom. It's a good lesson in administration. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 1 Chronicles chapter 25 on Simply the Bible. The more I look into David and his life, the more I am humbled by his organizational abilities. He was a gifted administrator, and no doubt his strategy in warfare helped him administrate government in peacetime in his kingdom. We continue in 1 Chronicles chapter 25 today. Moreover, David and the captains of the army separated for the service some of the sons of Asaph, of Heman, and of Jeduthun, who should prophesy with harps, stringed instruments, and symbols. Now, David relied much upon the advice of his captains and his army. It would seem that together they put together the worship leaders, these three main singers and choir directors, Asaph, Heman, and Jejuthun. And they would prophesy with harps, stringed instruments, and cymbals. We saw in chapter 23 that there were 4,000 Levites who praised the Lord with musical instruments. Now imagine that kind of a praise band. Uh, Asaph was a descendant of Gershom and a leading singer. He is credited with writing 12 psalms. Heman was a descendant of Kohath and was called a seer, so probably uh, was of great value to David as a seer, a prophet really. He had 14 sons who were also musicians. He also had three daughters. And how blessed he must have been to have his children there serving by his side in ministry. I, I share that blessing as I see my son who is a drummer, my daughter who is a keyboard player, uh, and I say my, it's really, I, I, sh- I share this with my wife, obviously, but <laughs> as I see them worshiping the Lord on a Sunday, leading the congregation into worship, it's, it's a blessing to be able to serve alongside of your children. Now, Jeduthun was a choir director who is mentioned in three psalms, and he's also known as Ethan. These musicians prophesied with harps, stringed instruments, and cymbals. Now, prophesying is the foretelling of the Word of God, not necessarily the foretelling of future events. It can be that, but not always. In the New Testament, we are told that the gift of prophecy has been given for the edification or the strengthening, the exhortation or the encouragement, and the comfort of the saints. And we are told to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially that we might prophesy. In fact, I will say that many times when I am teaching on a Sunday morning, I do believe that the gift of prophecy is at work. And the reason I say that is because I will be speaking and suddenly uh, the Lord will just give me a passage of Scripture or something to share that I had not planned on sharing, but I'm speaking extemporaneously as the Lord is leading me. Now, to have that gift of prophecy and to put it 
to music uh, is a powerful way to glorify God. It is just the speaking forth of the Word of God, extolling His virtues, His works. It glorifies God. It ministers to the people. And I can imagine what that would be like uh, with somebody as a worship leader prophesying along with their music. Personally, I love it when worship leaders are so filled with the Holy Spirit that they can give Spirit-anointed exhortations to the congregation. I find often that this adds a much deeper dimension to the worship experience. Verse 6, All these were under the direction of their father for the music in the house of the Lord, with cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps for the service of the house of God. Asaph, Jaduthan, and Heman were under the authority of the king. So the number of them with their brethren who were instructed in the songs of the Lord, all who were skillful, was 288. And so these three leaders gave directions to their sons, who then carried out the playing and the singing of the songs of the Lord. They had all received authority from King David. And beyond that, they all had received a calling from God. And that's just a good order of things. You know, you have somebody over you that's giving you directions, but you know you've been called by God and are ultimately under the Lord's authority, who is the head of the church. Now, there were 4,000 musicians, as uh, I mentioned earlier. David divided these into 24 divisions, as he had done with the priests, so that each division of musicians would serve two weeks out of the year, and there were 12 leaders for each division for a total of 288 leaders. And they cast lots for their duty, the small as well as the great, the teacher with the student. You know, I've worked with musicians for many, many years. I worked in a recording studio. I did live concerts with musicians. I managed our worship teams. Uh, and it can be that with musicians, really with anybody, any service in the Lord's house, uh, there can be egos involved and somebody wants to be the lead vocalist or someone wants to be on the worship team who really doesn't have uh, the gift, or as we will say, that's really not your greatest gift. Um, so what they found here was a way to deal with all of that sort of thing was they simply cast lots and then that would determine when you would be performing uh, and what your duty would be. So that would just remove any favoritism from the equation and hopefully people's bruised egos. The gatekeepers watched over the four entrances to the temple. Now, as we come into chapter 26, we see that there were gatekeepers who watched over the four entrances to the temple. Their duties were likely to make sure that the people who entered the temple area were authorized and that nothing unruly or irreverent was going on within the temple precincts. Eventually, there would be the court of the Gentiles, and that was as close as a Gentile could come to the holy place. That was as close as, as a Gentile could come to worship God. And there would be a sign on the barrier that would separate the court of the Gentiles from the court of the women. The court of the women was where 
the Jewish women could go, and they could go further than the Gentiles. But there would be a sign saying that if they crossed that barrier and went into the court of the women, that they would be punished by death. So it was very serious. Uh, And that's probably one of the duties that these gatekeepers did was just to make sure that there was security and that no one didn't go where they weren't supposed to go. I see that today. You know, we're living in an evil world and we hear of synagogue shootings, school shootings, church shootings. It's important to have ushers. It's important to have, we have a security team that is trained in case there is some kind of an emergency because uh, we are in an evil world. And it's probably always been that way. As Solomon says, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, But it seems especially in these days, uh, it's just sort of where we are at as a culture. Verse 12, among these, there were the divisions of the gatekeepers among the chief men having duties just like their brethren to serve in the house of the Lord. And they cast lots for each gate, the small as well as the great, according to their father's house. The lot for the east gate fell to Shelemiah. Then they cast lots for his son, Zechariah, a wise counselor. And his lot came out for the north gate, to Obed-Edom, the south gate, and to his sons, the storehouse. To Shepim and Hosa, the lot came out for the west gate, with the Shalaketh gate on the ascending highway, watchmen opposite watchmen. On the east were six Levites, on the north four each day, on the south four each day, and for the storehouse two by two. As for the Parbar on the west, there were four on the highway and two at the Parbar. These were the divisions of the gatekeepers among the sons of Korah and among the sons of Merari. So again, they would cast lots to see which of these Levites would be at which gate. And we see there were four gates going into the temple area. There, were, there was an additional gate on the west side that would go out to the ascending highway. And four gatekeepers were stationed at the west, south, and north gates. But on the east gate, which was the main gate, there were six gatekeepers. Now, one of the gatekeepers on the south gate was Obed-Edom. You'll recall Obed-Edom from earlier in the story when David tried to bring the Ark of the Covenant to himself the first time. He put it on a cart, which was not what was prescribed in the law. And when the oxen stumbled, Uzzah went out and touched the Ark to steady it on the cart. And he was struck down. And so David said, hey, I can't move this. This is too holy and I'm too afraid. And so the ark just stayed put at the house of Obed-Edom. And God blessed the home of Obed-Edom. Well, we see here that he was one of the gatekeepers. Then there were other officials over the treasuries. Now, there were two treasuries. One was for the regular offerings. And then there was another treasury for the dedicated offerings. We read about this in verse 26. Shalometh and his brethren were over all the treasuries of the dedicated things, which King David and the heads of father's houses, the captains over thousands and hundreds, and the captains of the army had dedicated. Some of the spoils won in battles they dedicated to maintain the house of the Lord. 
And all that Samuel the seer saw the son of Kish, Abner the son of Ner, and Joab the son of Zeruiah had dedicated. Every dedicated thing was under the hand of Shalomith and his brethren. So these dedicated things evidently were like a building fund, uh, going clear back to Samuel, who had dedicated things for the house of the Lord, and then Saul also did. And of course, David would do that. His generals would do that. And every dedicated thing was being guarded by these uh, guards, these officials who were over the treasuries. In verses 29 through 32, we are told of the officials and judges over Israel who lived outside Jerusalem. There were 1,700 judges on the west side of the Jordan, where Jerusalem was, and 2,600 judges on the east side of the Jordan, where the two and a half tribes had settled, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And these judges, who were Levites, tended to every matter pertaining to God and the affairs of the king. Now, this was probably one of the most important things that David did, was to establish these rules, these orders for worship, for the service of the house of the Lord, and this would continue for many, many years to come. Now, we're told in the New Testament that God is not a God of confusion, but a God of order, and that we are to do everything decently and in order. And you definitely see this being lived out here with David. May God help us to do everything decently and in order and in such a way that not only what we do, but how we do it brings glory to God. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next time, we'll see where David divides his administration into 12 military divisions, 12 tribal leaders, and officials over produce and livestock. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Chronicles on Simply the Bible.